Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I really believe that what I want to share today is going to set people free. You know, I really do. Uh, I tell all of our preachers, when you preach the Word of God, it must be biblical, practical and inspirational. In other words, we want to inspire people to put the Word of God into practice. And contrary to popular belief, the truth doesn't always set you free. Sometimes the truth puts you to sleep. Have you noticed that? You can listen to some people, they preach truth, but gee, it's boring because there's no connection. And we don't want to be a church that actually preaches truth, but we don't connect the truth with our day-to-day world. I want the Word of God to be able to help us, not just here sitting in pews on a Sunday, but Monday right through to Saturday, that we can be inspired to put the Word of God into practice in our schools, university, in our workplaces, in our homes, no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation. How does that sound this morning? And so it's a real honour this morning to be able to preach about made of honour. And as I said last week, the spelling of made is really important. It's not M-A-I-D, um, uh, as, as in a, a female maid. It's actually made, M-A-D-E, which is forged and fashioned. I believe that as a church, we need to be a church that is formed, fashioned and made of honour. Can I get an amen this morning? It's an important subject because honour, let's be honest, it's not prevalent in our culture, unlike other cultures. If you do a little bit of travel around the world, as we've had the pleasure and privilege of doing, you get to see other cultures. And in other cultures, honour is very high. In actual fact, when I was in South Africa with my wife recently, we were in Durban, which is in South Africa, on the East Coast. And there we were speaking at Richard and Jackie's church. And they have a, a campus in one of the townships. And uh, on a Friday morning, we had a leadership time together. And the leaders of the township congregation were joining the church uh, for that leadership time. And Richard, as we were driving there, said, just a quick heads up, there'll be some people from our township congregation and when you're preaching, don't be put off that when you're preaching, they don't look at you. See, in their culture, to honour someone is to not look them in the eye because to look them in the eye would be rude. They actually want to honour us by bowing their head and and, and not giving you eye contact. That's the way they honour. And I thought, thanks for the heads up. That's really good to know because... (laughs) You know me, church. Like, come on, you guys, look at me. Come, look at me, look at me. It would have been an awkward moment. So I'm really grateful for the heads up that I received. But then it got me thinking about, okay, so, so what would we be known for when it comes to our culture of honour? What, what would we be known for our honouring? And to be honest, I thought about it for quite some time and I, I still can't think of too much that we are known for when it comes to honouring. In actual fact, When Kath and I were leaving Durban to go to Johannesburg, we met up with two German tourists who were on their way to Mauritius. And we said, hey, we were thinking about going to Mauritius, but we didn't have time. Um, In actual fact, we love going to Bali. And they said, oh, we've been to Bali. I said, yeah, what did you think? They said, oh, we don't like Bali. I said, why not? They said, too many Australians. (laughs) (laughs) And they said, the Australians are just rude and obnoxious. and I went, yeah, bitter, yeah. I just, I just, I just, 
I, I, I just got the heck out of there anyway. So, but it did get me thinking about, you know, what. What are we known for when it comes to honour? And, and if we're not, then what can we do about changing that? And that's what this whole series is about, that we as a church, we as Christ-centred homes should be made of yeah. honour. Amen. Shout at me, honour, if you will. Honour. <laughs> Fantastic. Turn with me, if you would, to Mark chapter 6. It's a passage that I referred to last week, but I want to go a little bit deeper on this morning. Mark chapter 6, verses 1 to 6. It says, Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, they began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. Where did he get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that he has been given to him that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? Isn't this the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offence at him. Jesus said, only in his hometown amongst his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honour. He could not do many miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. A, A quick recap uh, Jesus had been on a, on, a, on, a, on a bit of a missionary trip for the last 12 months. And during his time away, he was doing some incredible things, involved in some incredible teaching moments. Uh, we see Jesus seeing the eyes of blind people opened. He was raising the dead. Uh, he was unblocking the ears of the deaf. He was fit, healing people everywhere. One of the people that he healed was Peter's mother-in-law. In actual fact, scholars tell us that's why Peter denied Jesus three times later on. But anyway, that's just an aside. <laughs> to all the mother-in-laws out there, God bless you. We love you. You're amazing. But Jesus comes back from this incredible time away and comes into his hometown. Now, it's not the place that he was born. He was born in Bethlehem. This is a place, Nazareth, where he was raised. And so uh, this is where he grew up. This is where everyone knew him. They saw Jesus as a two-year-old. They saw him as a three-year-old. They saw him trip and bruise himself. and, And they saw him grow up. This is his hometown. And on the Sabbath, he stands before the people and he starts teaching. And they're like, wow, they're just amazed. This is incredible teaching. They see him doing miracles. And they hear about the miracles that he's been doing. They say, man, this is just amazing. But the thing that amazed them more than the miracles and more than the teaching was who it was. The thing that amazed them most is, hang on, this is itty bitty Jesus. This is, we know who you are. I remember nursing you and I remember having to put some Betadine on your knee and, 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 and that Betadine was still on his knee 33 years later because that stuff never came out. And so he, he, who knows what I'm on about? That, that red stuff, I, you know, I've still got that. So anyway, and, and it just, it just, they just took offence. Instead of saying, wow, one of our very owners made it. They actually took offence. And in actual fact, if there's something that Australia is known for, It's what Nazareth is known for, and that is the tall poppy syndrome. When someone stands out, when someone stands up, when someone makes a difference, we want to cut them down. And there they were wanting to cut Jesus down. They said, we know who you are. We know your brothers. We know your mother. We know your sisters. And they took offence at him and they weren't too happy. And and, and Jesus' response is this, a prophet is without honour in his hometown. And the word honour which is the Greek word atimos, means to dishonour. It means to treat as common or ordinary. I want you to get this. 
To dishonour someone or something is to treat it as common or ordinary. In other words, if you want an ordinary, common marriage, just dishonour your spouse. Because that's what the word dishonour means. It means to treat it as ordinary or common. And the result is that Jesus couldn't do many miracles. You see, what God wants to do in our life is often limited because of our lack of honour. God can do anything. But what He can't do is make us honour. And where we choose not to honour, He's restricted from what He wants to do in us and through us. Does that make sense this morning? So the flip side of dishonour then is honour. And honour is the Greek word time, but pronounced tomei, which means, as Kath mentioned earlier, to value, to respect, to highly esteem, to think of, to acknowledge, to appreciate and to admire. It's anything but common or ordinary. I remember receiving a soccer ball that was signed by Trevor Brooking, who was one of the English soccer players back in the day, he came to Parra Hills and he did a little bit of a tour and he signed this ball. And I want you to know that I had numbers of soccer balls, but that one was never kicked. That one was never used. Because of the name that was placed on that ball, it changed the value of that ball. And so I didn't treat it as common or ordinary. In actual fact, I put it in my room, I put it in my cupboard, and I never ever used it. I had lots of other soccer balls I used. I had lots of other soccer balls I kicked. I had lots of other soccer balls I left out in the weather. They got wet. They got dried out in the heat. I didn't really care for those too much. They were very common. But this, what was once a common soccer ball became a valuable ball to me because of the name that was inscribed on that ball. And this morning... I want to look at who we honour. Last week was about what we honour and what honour looks like. But this morning, I want to look at who we honour. So turn with me, if you will, to 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 17. It says this, To honour all people, to love the brotherhood, fear God and honour the King. In other words, in short, the people that we should honour is everyone, everywhere, all people. In other words, we should honour those that are above us, those in government, the bosses, church leaders, our parents, all those that are above us, the Bible says that we should honour. It also says that we should honour all those that are beside us, those friends and co-workers and family members and teammates. We should honour. It also implies that we should honour those that are beneath us or below us, employees or younger siblings um, or people or children that you lead. We should honour all people. So in short, there it is. You can go home. That's who we honour. Everyone, go. Or we can delve down into a specific area, which is what I want to do this morning. And hopefully it's going to be very helpful to each and every one of us here. Because while all of the above is true, that we need to um, honour everyone, I want to drill down on a specific area. And it's to do with our original text in Mark chapter 6, when Jesus came back to His hometown. Today I want to look at honour on the home front. 
Because I believe honour starts at home. And if we can get it right at home, there's a good chance we can get it right in other places. Why? Because home is the breeding ground for familiarity. And what we have to fight is familiarity because where there is familiarity, there is dishonour. And that's what we saw taking place in Jesus' time. And I thought, man, wouldn't it be great if we could get honour back on the home front? Because I believe if we can get it in the home front, we can actually get it everywhere. It's pointless us trying to get it in the nation of Australia when it's not in our homes. And we need to get in our homes, we need to get it into our hearts, we need to get into our churches in order for it to prevail across the nation. So that's what we want to look at this morning. Honouring on the home front. And honouring on the home front, number one, involves you. Look to the person next to you and say, you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says this. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who you has received from God? You are not your own, you were bought with a price. Therefore, honour God with your body. Remember this, and maybe even write this down, that the greatest gift that you can give to anybody is a healthy you, yeah. not a hurt you. See, hurt people go on to hurt people. Have you noticed that? What we need is healthy people. And we need healthy people that understand the value of honour. If we understand the value of honour, we will honour our own bodies and that's going to affect what we eat. You know, uh, Sam started working uh, in the office with us more recently and she started to see some of my patterns. She said, I've never known anyone to be so on time with their eating programme. Just, I'm just like, a, it's like clockwork for me. I watch what I eat. I'm very, I'm very specific about what I eat. Not because I'm OCD or ACD or anything else. Just, just, just that I actually want to honour what God has given me. I only get one body. I don't get two bodies. I only get one body and I want to look after it. And if we understand it's about honour, it will actually change our eating habits. It will also change what we watch on television or on the internet. See, God is not a party pooper in the sky that's wanting to ruin all our fun. He just wants us to be healthy. And what we watch and what we eat will make us healthy or unhealthy. And so I want you to know, particularly the young ones, you know, church is not a list of rules and regulations of what you're not allowed to do, what you're not allowed to watch, what you're not allowed to eat. It's actually, if we understand honour, we'll have a better, uh, healthier foundation for why we do certain things and why we don't do certain things. You know, that church, aren't you allowed to watch that? No, we can watch anything. We're free to watch anything. But we just choose not to watch everything because it's not healthy for us. We're so free. We're free in Christ Jesus. I can eat anything I want. I can eat donuts every day of my life. I'm that free. There's nothing in the Bible that says don't eat donuts, but it does say honour your body. Yeah, and, and so to me, it's an honour issue. I want to honour that which God has given me. And so it determines what I eat. It determines what I watch. It determines what I listen to. You know, I am probably the world's worst grapeviner. Things seem to stop with me. And, 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 and I just don't want to be that person that it's okay to, to go to and gossip. I just don't want to listen to it. It's not good for you telling me. It's not good for my ears. I just don't want to know. There's some things I just don't want to know. I don't want to be in the know. I love social media in part, and I hate social media in part because some of the things you find out, some of the things I'd rather not know. I don't need to know certain things. I don't need to know who won The Bachelor before it's on television. I don't need to know that. <laughs> I, are you with me this morning? And so again, if we understand the principle of honour, it's not about rules and regulations. It's about why would I do that to myself? 
when God has given me this one shot at life, this one body to live, this one life to live. And I, I want to look after it. So I want to be careful what I eat. I want to be careful what I watch. I want to be careful what I listen to. I want to be careful what I think about. Now, I'm a thinker and I know there's numbers out of you out there that are thinkers. But what we nurse and rehearse is going to feed us either for good or for bad. And so we've got to be careful what we're thinking about. And so we've got to grab our thought lives, uh, our thought life. And we've got to grab all those thoughts that are out there. The mind, uh, the battlefield of the mind is a really important issue and area. We've got to watch what we do. You know, I... I, I know that relationships can be complicated, particularly when a young boy meets a young girl or a young man meets a young woman. It can get messy, but it gets messier the more involved they are. And so the Bible talks about some healthy boundaries in order that if this relationship doesn't work out, it can be smoother than if you get too intimate too soon. And so call me old fashioned, I still believe in abstaining from sex before marriage because it's God's plan for a healthy you. God is not being a party pooper, but God actually wants a healthy version of you. And the healthiest version of you is found in God's ways. And again, for those of you who have violated some of these principles and eat donuts and have done this and have done that, that's fine. But let's think about our future, not beat ourselves about the past. So when it comes to honour, who should we honour? You should honour you. I remember when I was much younger, in my teenage years, and the church has certainly grown up and matured a lot since then. But when I was at the gym, uh, it was almost frowned upon that you're a Christian and go to the gym because that was all about vanity. And absolutely, there was some vanity. I mean, any teenage boy has a measure of vanity. And now I'm 50 and there's still a measure of vanity. I get that. But to me, it's not just about vanity. It's also about sanity. I don't think I'd be in this job, in this role for as long as I've been without that because it actually keeps my mind clear. And so there's many benefits to me doing something physical. And if gym's not your thing, go for a walk, go for a bike ride, play squash. I don't care what it is. Play pool, play table tennis. I don't know what it is that you like, but I would say do something that is physical because your body deserves it and your body needs it. You should honour your body because God has given your body. So do the right thing by it. And I hope that changes your mindset as to why you should abstain from this and why you shouldn't Embrace that and we get the right heart behind it. Why should you do these things? Because it's part of honouring who we are. And the best gift I can give to you is a healthy you. I say this to people all the time. I say, are you a people person? I say, I love people until I don't. And when I don't, I just withdraw and have time to myself so that I can love people again. And when I don't, I'm just going to withdraw and have a bit of time to myself so I can love people again. I know my limits. I have limits. We all have limits and we've got to know those limits because I realise by being around people 24-7 all the time, ultimately, I'm not going to give you the best version of myself. And it's better for you to have a healthy version of me than a tired, worn out, bitter, cynical version of me. Amen? So number one is you. Secondly, your parents. Your parents. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 says, Honour your father and your mother. It's, it's one of the first commandments and it comes with a promise that you may live a long life. I used to joke with our kids, if you want to live a long life, just honour me. Otherwise, you know, anyway, but that's, that's another story. But I, I am a little bit old fashioned when it comes to this. And I think some of you are the recipients of my old fashioned nature in the way that I've honoured my parents, in particularly my dad, any time I can, I just want to honour my dad because I believe it's a biblical principle to honour your parents. And it's not something that stops the moment you come out from under their roof. It's a lifelong commitment. And I believe it's not just with parents. I think it's with all elderly people. 
I'm very old fashioned. I don't travel public transport too much these days, but every now and then I will, particularly on holidays. And, and even now I find myself standing up for, for ladies and standing up for the elderly. I stand up for ladies and I stand up for elderly. Some of the feminist ladies don't like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm just old fashioned like that. And our kids are the same way. Uh, I, drove a bus, I rode a bus to school uh, every day and uh, I would always start sitting down because I got on the bus at a certain place where the bus was not full. But by the time the bus got to where we were going, it always got jam-packed. And I knew I was never going to be on the bus the whole time seated. I would always be standing up for someone. I, I just, again, excuse me, I'm a little bit old-fashioned like that. But I do believe these principles of honour are found in the Scripture. And it will go well with you if you'd honour those principles. Are you with me this morning? Unfortunately today, and you've only got to go to the shops or anywhere, you'll see a lack of honour in this regard. You'll see kids having tantrums. You'll see kids screaming at their parents. You'll see kids saying, I hate you, and, and just having the biggest tantrums. Anyone know what I'm on about? And, and you see that and it breaks my heart because that was not God's plan for you and it wasn't God's plan for me. God wants us to honour parents. Now, as I say this, I'm very sensitive because I realise some of you have a story to tell about your upbringing. Some of you have a story to tell about your parents, particularly your father. He was an alcoholic. He was absent. He ran off with another woman. I've heard all the stories. Some of you might even say, Tony, it's all right for you. You had a great dad. If I had your dad, I, I would be in the same position too. But with all due respect and with all the care and love I can muster, I just want you to lean into this point just for a moment with me as I say this, because I believe if you hear it, with the heart that I want to share, it's going to help you. Remember this, respect is earned, but honour is given. Respect is earned, but honour is given. In other words, honour is something you do and we do it freely. And when we do it, it doesn't mean that we are agreeing with the person's lifestyle or their action. In other words, honour doesn't equal endorsement. I want you to catch this. Again, in the scripture that we've already read in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17, Peter wrote, honour the king. And the king at that time was a man who was going around killing Christians. And tradition tells us that Peter was crucified. But he didn't want to be crucified in the same manner as Jesus because he didn't think he was worthy of being crucified in the same manner of Jesus. So he requested that he be crucified upside down. And it's this same Peter that was crucified for his faith, upside down for his faith, that lived under the rule of a king that was putting people like him to death. He said this, honour the king. Yeah. Honour the king. Effectively, he was saying, the man that is responsible for crucifying me right now, church, listen to me, honour him. Honour His position because it will go well with you. So no matter what it is that you've faced, no matter what it is that you've been brought up with, let's honour the position even if you can't honour the person. I talk a lot about my dad, but here's a fun fact. My dad didn't have a dad like I had. Dad doesn't talk too much about this to too many people. But my dad's dad, my granddad, who I never met, was kind of an absent alcoholic father. 
he was kind of a, a victim really of, of the world wars and, and it affected his thinking and, and his ability to connect and, and that was his reality. And so my dad didn't have the same kind of dad that I had. But you know what, church? I never heard my dad talk badly about his dad. Yeah. Never heard it. I never heard him dishonour him. I, I heard him talk about some things that brought him pain. I heard him talk about some things that he had to face as a result of that. He's told me that he learnt uh, what not to do and so he started to do the opposite thing. And here's the thing I want you to catch. Your past isn't your problem. Our problem are the choices that we make. And we have an opportunity to make some good choices today to set us free from the pain of the past. Let's not be held a victim to our past because of an absent dad, an alcoholic dad, an abusive dad, or whatever dad or whatever mum it may be. Let's live in the freedom of biblical principles that can help us be free. I had an incredible upbringing as a kid. I thank God. I thank God. You know, I've told uh, in, in some measure the relationship between my mum and my dad wasn't the best. It wasn't the most loving home. I never saw my dad, and he's here today with all due respect. My mum's since passed away, but I never saw my dad kiss my mum. I never saw them cuddle in. I did, they, they didn't have that kind of relationship. But I'm so grateful for my dad. He never let me talk badly about my mum. He never, ever let me talk badly about my mum. Why? Because he's trying to instill some principles that are really important. And I believe I have the privilege today to be able to stand before you because of a man who modelled what I'm talking about. And he never had a good dad. He didn't have a great marriage, but he modelled something. So church, listen to me. Don't let the past be the power in your life. Let your choices that are based on the Word of God set you free, that you might be free indeed. Can I get an amen this morning? Come on, this is, this is good stuff. It's painful stuff, but it's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So we need to honour yourself. We need to honour your parents. You need to honour your spouse. Obviously, some of you aren't married, so don't turn off. Listen up. For those of you who are married, listen up. For those of you who are divorced, listen up. The Bible says that we need to honour your spouse. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. You know, there are so many reasons that marriages break up, but I think one of the biggest reasons is because of dishonour. Remember, dishonour is to treat something or someone as common or ordinary. And if you want an ordinary marriage, just dishonour your spouse. I don't know about you, but I never set out to want an ordinary marriage. And I realise the ordinariness of my marriage or the extraordinariness of my marriage has a lot to do with me and my choices. And this is what I know about most, if not all relationships, they don't start out ordinary. They start out extraordinary. And because of the extraordinary nature of that relationship, we do extraordinary things. We do things that honour and not dishonour. We, we get dressed up. You know, there's not too many things that will get a teenage boy or a teenage man to have a shower, but a woman will. You know, don't, don't shower, don't shower, don't shower. So all of a sudden they started showering. Like, oh, so who is she? Remember those days when you used to get dressed up and, and you just didn't wear tracksuits 24-7? Now, tracksuits are wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I love putting on a trackie as much as anyone. But there comes a time to take off the trackie and to actually get dressed up because that's what you used to do. Are you with me? Remember we used to buy presents. We'd open doors. Yeah, 
We'd put on cologne and we'd, we'd actually put on aftershave and all those kinds of things. We'd give compliments. So where does it go wrong? I'll tell you where it goes wrong. Over time, we take one another for granted. Familiarity creeps in. And what God wants to do in your marriage and in your life is limited by our lack of honour. We just need to start going back to what we used to do. In Revelation chapter 3, where God is addressing seven different churches, to one church He says this, He said, I, I hold this against you, you've forsaken your first love. And the, the command is to go back to what you did at first. And I encourage marriages everywhere. And we've done a lot of marriage counselling over the years. And I listen to two parties going at each other. And I sit there like, boom, boom, boom. Just like, wow. Oh, wow. That's got to oh, hurt. And I start to say, I think I know the problem. I, I've sat there listening to you for five minutes now. And you both dishonour each other. You, you both treat each other as common and ordinary. And that's where you're going wrong. I, I don't know you well, but I know it didn't start there. And so my marriage counselling guy says, what did you do at first? Did you used to shower? Did you used to put on makeup? Where, wh where's the makeup gone? Now, I don't think every woman should have to wear makeup. I think some women should wear makeup, but I'm, you know. <laughs> For that matter, I think some men should too, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But come on, let's go back to what we used to do. And I, I reckon most, if not all, marriages could, do, could shift on going back to what we used to do. Now, I know there's exceptions to this rule. That, that, you know, we're not advocating physical abuse. We're not talking about that. But I'm talking about arguing and dishonouring. And that's the root of most people's breakdown. You know, it does happen. There is some horrible domestic violence. But that, that's still in the smaller percentage. But the majority of marriage breakdowns come down to a lack of honour. And we can turn it around. And I remember when I got married to Kaz, I said, Kaz, we're going to go on a honeymoon and we're never going to come off our honeymoon. And I love you all the days of your life. And I never want to treat her as common. I don't, I just... I don't want to treat her as ordinary. I used to give a compliment, so I'm going to keep giving a compliment. There's not another woman, fellas, in your life that you should compliment more than your wife. She might be great at work and she might be great at making the coffee and she may be great with those accounts and she may be great with this and she may, may be great with that. But there's no way you should ever be complimenting her more than you compliment your wife. I, I've been ridiculed for how much I honour my dad. I've been ridiculed for how much I honour my wife. I say, where's the sensitivity to those who are in a bad marriage? I'm sensitive. I am sensitive to that. I am sensitive to that. Got people on the front row here who haven't got a husband and I, and I haven't got a wife. I, I get that. But we need to give people hope. Yeah. We need to give people hope that it actually can work. Yeah. The Bible says we need to mourn with those who are mourning, but we also need to rejoice with those who rejoice. So, so you know what? If you're not married or you're in a broken marriage or in a loveless marriage, can, can we not just step over and actually rejoice where it is working? Can we, can we, can we not do that? And, and again, if you are in a great marriage, be sensitive, but spruik it because people need this hope. And it's not because I'm a great man or she's a great... It's because we do these biblical principles. It's just, just honour. I love Kath more now than I did when we first met. I mean, it was cute when we first met. I definitely had the fireworks. I had the feelings and it was amazing and, and all that. And, and we kind of got to play role a little bit at our 25th. But seriously, I don't want to go back to that. 
That was good, but this is great. That was good, but my goodness, 14 years old, I don't want to go back there. This is so much better. It's so much better. Every day I tell her I love her. Every day. Multiple times. Because telling her on our wedding day and expecting that to be enough for the rest of her life is not enough. Are you with me this morning? And again, you might say, well, that's all right for you, but my husband or my wife, again, again, respect is earned, honour is given. Start honouring. I believe it can turn and shift a real tragic, tough situation. Number four, your family. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 says, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Do you know what it means to exasperate? This is my translation of it. It's when you say one thing but do another. The kids turn off pretty quick. They say, man, you don't... Dads, mums, don't exasperate your children. Do what you say you're going to do. Do what you say you're going to do. See, our kids don't honour today because they've been taught how to honour. Our role is to teach them how to honour. And I've told this story a few times, but when our kids were much younger, we created the Rainbow Family Commandments. And basically they were age-appropriate commandments for issues that they were facing or issues that they were dealing with or seasons that they were going through in order to um, kind of get a rein on some of those things. And uh, I'll never forget at different times, at different seasons, uh, one season started like this. Number one, thou shalt not stomp your feet. One of our kids in particular had a habit of... <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's fine, but we, we don't do that. And you have to teach them. And so I'd walk them over to the fridge and I'd get them to recite whatever commandment it is that they were guilty of. And what's number one say? No, she will not stomp their feet. I said, we don't do that. We're rainbows. We don't do that here. What's number two while we're at it? Thou shalt look an adult in the eye. Look at me. Look me in the eye. I'm just, I'm just big on that. They don't learn that stuff. So they don't just grow up with that stuff. They've got to be taught it. And we have to take time telling them Training them, teaching them, telling them, training them, teaching them, telling them, training them, teaching them. Because it's one thing to put values on the fridge, that's easy. But to get the culture in the house, you're in for a battle. And I'm going to say, parents, don't give up on the battle. Because we don't need any more kids in the, in the shopping mall just chucking another tantrum. We don't need any more of that. We need good, gold, godly, Christ-centred homes that can actually make a difference in the world in which they live. Are you with me? So we need to teach it, we need to speak it, and we need to model it. When it comes to getting honour amongst our children, we need to teach it, as I've already mentioned. We need to speak it. Let's speak it over them. Tell them they're champions. Let them know how much you love them. You shouldn't be telling any other kid that they're more special than your own kids. It starts in the house. It starts in the house. I'll never forget when Mitch was playing soccer. For whatever reason, the coach took a shining to Mitch. And it was like, if you were watching, you would think Mitch was his son. The trouble is the coach had a son in the team that he ignored. And I'll never forget when Mitchy uh, hurt himself one day. The coach runs out, picks him up and, and, and carries him off. And his son's walking by and said, Dad, I've scratched myself. Dad, I've scratched myself. And I just took it upon me to kind of be his surrogate dad and, and say, hey man, it's okay, come on. Guys, I know your kids aren't perfect. They don't always get it right. They can make you look really bad as parents at times. 
but let's not let familiarity creep in and rob them of the praise and the honour that they deserve as your kids. I'm so grateful for three incredible kids. Church life is all they know. And church life is beautiful, but it can also be brutal. And the way they've conducted themselves, the way they've continued to love Jesus through every season of their lives. Geordie's here on the front row. I just want to say thank you, Geordie. You're amazing. Mitch is down west playing worship. BJ often helping out with the kids. I just want to say thank you, kids. You're amazing. I love you with all my heart. You're awesome. Come on, band. Come up here. The last one is simply this. A little bit of a different turn, but it's exactly the same thing. Your local church. Every Sunday, when you walk into this church, it says, welcome home. This is home. This is our church home. There's two expressions of the church in the Bible. One is the universal church, which is all churches for all time and all eternity. But then there's the local church. And the local church is where we grow up. It's where you get known and are known. It's where you know people and you get known. You okay, Alex? You good? Yeah. You going well? Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> she's not only part of our church home, she's kind of feel like she's part of our home. She, she walks in, hi fam. Just hi fam. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was one of those, moments. I thought you were just coming on to say hi. So I didn't know you, I didn't know you were actually working today, sorry. I love the universal church. I do. But, but I love Paul's heart when he says, you know what? You have 10,000 guardians, but you don't have many fathers. I became your father. What's a guardian in 2019? Guardians are, for me, conferences and keynote speakers. They're the podcasts we listen to, of which I'm not against. I go to conferences and I listen to a lot of podcasts. But I never kid myself. I know that those podcasts and those keynote speakers, they don't know me. They don't know you. They're not working through some of life's issues with you. And so let's not ever be enamoured by, oh, this guy is a great preacher. Oh, my gosh. I know what it is to preach out there and to preach a message I've preached hundreds of times before and you go there and you wow people. But to be on the front line and have to come up with fresh manner week after week after week. We should never neglect the local church. We have incredible leaders. We have incredible ministry leaders overseeing so many things that go on. Morgan's up here today. He oversees our, our worship, but he's not full-time. He works here and he works as a chiropractor, masseuse, all-round kind of crap. What, what, what are you? A physio, that's what you are. A physio. He's a physio. And we can sit here and say, oh, why is this and why is that and what? And say, are you kidding me? Every week, week after week. You've got connect group leaders who open up their homes, bring out food, and, and, and you never open up your home, and you never bring food, and, and they give, and they give, and they give, and then something happens, and oh, come on, let's be kinder than that. When's the last time you honoured a leader in your world? When's the last time you honoured a church leader? When's the last time you honoured a connect group leader? When's the last time you honoured someone just for being up here, giving of their time week after week? Volunteer, 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 volunteer. Week after week after week after week after week. And we sit there. Didn't like that. I don't like this song. Are you kidding me? You don't like this song? I'm sorry. I didn't know worship was about you. 
They get here at 7.30. We rock up at 10.20. You kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's, that's dishonor. Can we get real? That's dishonoring. When you're late, what you're telling the whole world is nothing starts until I get here. And it's to dishonor everything that takes place. Can we just be real? To be on time is to be early. That's what on time means. It's not, it's not getting there on time. It's, it's to get there early. I know these are old-fashioned values, but they've served me well. They've served our family well. They've served this church well. Hey, maybe there are better preachers out there. I'm sure there are. I could give you a list. I, I love them. But they don't know you. They're not praying for you by name. They're not working through some of the issues and having some of the tough conversations. We love them because they don't know us. And that's no love at all. It's why I love Jesus more than anything, is that He knows me fully. I am fully known by Him. And He hasn't turned me away. It's easy to love the, the bachelor. It's easy to love someone on television. It's easy to, but to actually know someone with their, all their faults and their shortcomings. So I think sometimes we've fallen into this notion in 2019 where we, we actually love being in love. We love the feeling of love. But church, we've got to mature. We've got to grow up. We have an incredible opportunity today just to honour some people in the cafe. Just by just speaking some kind words, buying my coffee, just, just acknowledging and appreciating. Let's get back to what we did at first. Because every one of you in this church came for a reason. And every one of you likes something about it. And I said, let's just get back to that. Let's get back to that. If you're struggling in your marriage today, let's get back to what you liked about that person that you married. Let's go back to that. And every single person just close your ears for a minute. But let's, let's have some wild, passionate, mad sex this week. Just get back to some of that. I mean, like, some are more excited than others. But anyway. I'm not even going to look who that is. I'm not even going to look. I don't even know they're married. I'm not even sure. I just, I just don't even want to look. I just, just. So why is our culture a culture without honour? I believe at the core of it, while there are other issues, but I believe at the core of it, it's because we dishonour God. Because we dishonour Him. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 